Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I tune in to hear the hysteria <laughs> and the insanity. Mackey and Judd. Now we need to work on that. On 1500 ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Judd. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. It's one of our favorite segments every week. It's called Write That Down. We're also live on Facebook right now. Facebook.com slash 1500 ESPN. For those of you who want to see our ugly... Unshaven radio faces. Speak for yourself. Actually, you shaved, it looks like. This yeah, morning, no, so. I'm looking good today. Um, so Very we have, uh, we keep track of our predictions on this show, unlike probably every other radio show where they just throw out predictions and then if they're wrong, uh, whatever, like it's, it was just floated out there. No, we hold each other accountable on this show. Yeah, which I'm very sorry about for this year. Actually, uh, you might have been the only one with a hit this week. It was a really rough week. Yes. So, well, we'll start with Dave. Because Dave had a great, we we did all home run predictions last week. Yeah, and Dave had a great potential Judd prediction. Yeah, which that I, yeah. actually just came a little closer to being true today. But you know what I'm? You tracking me here, Dave? On what Judd just? Oh, did? I'm 100 percent with you. Yeah. I'm disappointed it didn't work out. So Dave predicted that Judd would wear, in some order this week, the four shows. Yep. His co college hoodie. Which you did a couple times. Yeah, because I got cold. His bunnies pull pullover. Which I did. Which Judd has. First day of work. Uh, the Iowa State hoodie. Did not wear that. And the Blackhawks hoodie. Did not wear that. Watch that last night. So Dave went went two for four there. Yeah, you didn't really come back close. Needed four for yeah. four to complete the parlay. That's tough. But keep taking those swings. The Iowa State one's in re- it's on life support. So don't predict that again. 90% of your clothes are on life support. <laughs> no, but even for me, when I say it's on life support, take that very seriously. It's about to, it's about to go. Okay. Well. The, the Iowa State one? Yeah, the Iowa State one. The Blackhawks like one the is in bad what's, shape. What's... Uh, it's falling apart from the top, so it's starting to peel. It's starting to, like like an onion, it's starting to come apart. Okay. So it's basically just about done. <laughs> smells like an onion, too. <laughs> don't get that close to me ever again. Uh, Dave also predicted that Doug Mankiewicz would be the Tigers' bench coach. Really? Incorrect. Yeah. Oh. A couple weeks ago. All right. I, ha- I had you <laughs> nice with that you prediction. That, so. Okay. Yeah. Did you not remember predicting no, that? No, I don't remember that at all. Is it possible that I messed up or? Not go with it. Well, I go don't with care. It? Okay, whatever. Right. I don't care. Uh, I'm let's still see. kicking Judd's butt. <laughs> Judd predicted yes, that Jay are. Cutler, we're going to clean up some of these that could be uh, in play still. Judd predicted Jay Cutler would be a member of the New York Jets this season. Ah. It's late enough in the season. We can, right? Like, I mean, my division was close, but okay. 
No, it was wrong. So, uh, like they, could, I guess in theory he could get cut by it's the Dolphins. Fine, yeah. and That's go, not happening. Right. So, yeah. uh, Dodgers would win the World Series in seven games. That was before the World Series. He got close there. Uh, but you did say Byron Buxton, sometime early in the season, if not before the season, would win a gold glove in 2017. Yeah. So uh, Judd scores. I'll give you a sharp single on that one because he already came in with a great track record defensively. Mm-hmm. It was not a good week for yours truly here. I predicted the Astros would win game seven by scoring 10 runs or more. It looked like they might early. They scored like five runs in the first couple innings, and then they that was enough for them. I said Teddy, Case, and Sam will all start a game before the season is over, but I said that last week. Yes. In the home run So it's going to happen for the season, but it's not going to happen from the point that I yeah, made you said, yep. the prediction. Uh, I, and then I said, let's see, Tony Romo will play for the Dolphins, Jets, or Bears in 2017. Yeah. There's still an outside shot of that happening. But yeah, he's pretty good in the broadcast it, yeah. booth. Here's the one in question, all right? All right. I told you, this is this is the longest standing prediction on the Mackey and Judd show, write that down segment. I predicted when Ron Gardenhire was let go, so this might have, this is like one of our first ever predictions that we kept track of, mm-hmm. that Doug Mankiewicz would join Ron Gardenhire's staff if Gardy gets another managerial job, that's how it was phrased. Mm-hmm. That Doug Mankiewicz would join Gardy's staff if he gets another managerial job. Mm-hmm. Now, Gardy had influence in getting Mankiewicz the triple A Toledo job in the Tigers organization. Mm-hmm. Need a ruling. Uh, I've given this a lot of thought, night and day for the last five days. I can't get on board with it. I think if you had said organization, then you're right. But he's not going to be on the staff. Sure. It, it's the coaching staff. Sure. Dave? There's that old phrase, so close you can taste it. Okay. That's where you're at, Phil. You can taste it, but it's just not quite there. Yeah, we brought this up off the air, and, and you used a great poker bad beat where you, you tell those poker bad beat stories. Yeah. You you don't remember the great wins, the but that one just bad beat you really yeah. think you had. That's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the, the spirit of the answer was that he would be on the major league coaching staff. Yes. So he'll participate in, like, spring training and things like that, yeah. but he's he's the minor league Because in, ba- in baseball, when, when you say staff, you, you mean the big league staff. Right. So, all right, I'll 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 take that as a loss. Uh, my radar was on, though. <laughs> my <laughs> radar was so on. So was Dave, really. <laughs> said the same thing. I mean, you said bench coach, but you thought the same thing. No, oh, I thought you meant with your clothes. Your radar was on for that one, too. <laughs> I had a buddy once years and years ago, 25 years ago, who compared me to a Ken doll. He said, you dress like a Ken doll. You got like three outfits. So oh. that's, pre- that, that's pretty accurate. Well, couldn't you use like another figure that dresses like Peter Griffin, who <laughs> looks a little He's slobbish. He's got just one. Saying, <laughs> Ken <laughs> owns at least one shirt with a collar, I know. <laughs> I own, that's not fair. I've worn a shirt with a collar. And who are you to talk? It's not like you're dressed all that well on a consistent basis. I'm not saying I am, but I can throw stones. Right. My so, Iowa State one, though, I'm very sad about that. The batting averages yeah. on the season are as follows. Dave Harrigan batting 414. Woo. I'm batting 400, just nipping on the heels of Dave Harrigan. Uh, Judd still sitting there around 252 with oh, I'm I don't know, six weeks to go in the season. Uh, Dave leads the slugging percentage battle by one percentage point. Ooh. 697 yeah. to 696 over me. Judd still slugging a paltry 330. Jason Tynerlake. It's not my year. 330. Not my year. So, Judd, why don't you lead us off? Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then. All right. The Vikings uh, come 
February or late January, we'll have at least six defensive players picked to the Pro Bowl, and I will give you those six players. Whoa! Oh, because I'm starting off on I'm starting off on fire here. They are Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Harrison Smith. Okay. So the Vikings will have at least six defensive players, and I am willing to include in that the six names. I think if it's exactly six and none of them get hurt to the point, I think that's a home run. And that's like all of them in a vacuum seem logical, but if you were to pick six favorite NBA teams in a parlay tonight, mm-hmm. to actually hit on all of them would be a really small percentage. I'm gonna. That's a home run swing for Judd. That's a very good prediction. I like that. Thank you. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. David. Teddy Bridgewater will play for the Vikings sometime this year, and he will not do out of injury. He will not come in as a result of, you know, poor play, second quarter, whatever. It will be at the start of a game. Teddy Bridgewater's first step out of the field will be to start a football game. Okay. So Teddy will will start a game to to launch his 2017 season. Okay, make sure we got the... Write this down. The the midweek decision by Zim to make the switch. I'll stay on the Teddy Bridgewater prediction uh, wagon here. Teddy Bridgewater, write this down, will finish the season with a better passer rating than Case Keenum. So Keenum's Keenum's in the 80s somewhere, like I think upper 80s, maybe 88 point... I don't know, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater will finish the season with a better passer rating than Case Keenum. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. I will stay in the realm of the National Football League and give you a write that down, although this will not be voluntary by the person I'm about to uh, give you the prediction about. Adrian Peterson will not play in the NFL next season. Adrian Peterson will not play when the regular season, so I, I'm not saying he won't go to training camp, okay? But when from week one through the rest of the season, Adrian Peterson's career will be finished. Okay, so you and I both have a Peterson uh, retirement prediction up there. I believe I think that. Dave has an, a, a first ballot Hall of Fame that he will not be a first ballot Hall of Famer prediction on there. Yeah, I could, he's I hope around He's like three season. yards a carry. He's It's kind of like what Emmett Smith was, you but can, you could put Smith in on, on third down. And once he in plays a, while. a position I can find guys at who are far superior right now. Write it down. You like writing things down. David? You guys seen any quotes from Richard Sherman from last night? I just don't want I want to make sure I'm not stepping on something that's already happened. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there there may have been quotes. I have not have seen, I seen the quotes. quotes. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some quotes. Did he say anything specific about the injury? Uh, yeah, he said it, it was hurt before. He knew it was going to blow out eventually, and so he doesn't know if the Sunday to Thursday uh, short schedule caused it. But he expected to. He knew right. it was going to go. That's enough for me. Then I will not make this prediction since it's sort of already been danced around. Set. I will make this prediction instead. Joe Maurer entering his final year with the Minnesota Twins uh, and the current contract. He will be signed to play more years with the Twins after this year. Okay. Write that down. Solid. Yeah, I wonder what that contract looks like. Probably not. Short and cheap? Probably probably not. It ain't $23 million. $5 million? Here's $23. If you're him, like, if you offered him $5 million... That that seems like a pretty reasonable deal for a, a non-power hitting first baseman. One year, five million. Just sure. go and for him, year to like, year. the guy has sure. made crazy money and yeah. probably doesn't want to move away from like the family and tw- he he's probably not going to go play for, you know, like the Marlins. <laughs> you know, let's put it that way. He's <laughs> he's staying here. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, go for a basketball prediction. Go for a season starts tonight officially. So write this down. It's been twenty years since the Go for basketball team 
won 12 games or more in conference. You got to go back to the season we don't speak about, the Final Four season, when they went like they won like 14 or 16 conference games. Mm-hmm. Write this down. The Gopher basketball team will win 12 or more conference games this upcoming season. They went 11 and 7 last year. They're going to get better and they're going to win 12 or more conference games. Fair enough. Write it down. Actually, you know what? Mark Coyle tonight surprised the fans, raise the Final Four banner back up. Tell the N- tell, anything that you verbalize in this segment tell could the be NC- construed as a prediction. Tell the NCAA to go bleep itself and raise that puppy right back up to the right. Is that verbally binding? Is that a write that down prediction? I've got, write I've this down. got a different one. Write it down. You like writing things down. Some people were surprised by the fact that the uh, fight and go for football team, the fight and flex, were two and a half point favorites over in Nebraska for tomorrow's game. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. They will win that game, and they will co- and they will cover that spread. Mm-hmm. The Gophers aren't good. Well, they're gonna they're gonna cover the spread. They, okay. will, co- they will cover the spread. The Gophers aren't good, but Nebraska is a complete hot mess. If you are going to win a game, this is another game that you're going to win. So they will cover that spread. Okay, fair enough. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Uh, can you read for me Judd's three predictions again? We had Gopher uh, football. We had the <laughs> Vikings. And Adrian uh, Peterson. So six six specific defenders yes. to the Pro Bowl. Peterson will not play in the NFL next regular season, and Gopher football will beat Nebraska and cover the spread. Judd will be wrong on at least two of those three predictions. Write that down. We have to wait a while for it. I was going to say, the hard part. We have to wait a while. <laughs> I mean, for... we might be canceled by the time this all comes true. <laughs> that's fine with me. I had a Richard Sherman one that I can't do, so I'm... <laughs> so you're... What was it going, going to be, to by the, the way? Old, what's that? What, what was your Sherman one going to be? It was going to be that Sherman will say Thursday night football directly caused his injury. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he would definitely not say hinted that. at it. He definitely hinted at yep. it. All right, write this down. I'm, I'm going to swing for some fences here. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Down. The beleaguered and and attacked by columnists go for football team. The 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 backs against the wall go for football team. Trying to row the boat out of the corner, <laughs> will win at least two of their final three regular season games. The Gopher football oh, team wow. will win at least two of their final three regular season games. So Whoa. beat Nebraska to make it a little easier. Yeah, They will either catch a snoozing trap game Wisconsin team, or they will go on the road and beat Northwestern. Now, I predicted Nebraska. either two or three or one or two weeks ago that six the Gophers six. would win two of their remaining games when there were four or five left on the schedule. You need them too. I've already kind of given up on that yeah, prediction. That, so hey, you and I are together on this one. down is impressive. We're together on this. Let's do this together. Write this down. Let's, oh, wow. We're going to together? We're going to row it together. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay, you guys, roll, roll, roll. I'm going to back up here. I'm All right, get out of those the are the weekly predictions. Write that down every Friday at 10 o'clock on Mackey and Judd. We have our NFL picks against the spread, including Vikings and Washington, in about 45 minutes at 11 o'clock. And also, it's a game show Friday. Mackey and Judd. Now the team's live for the kickoff. Referee blows his whistle. Mackey and Judd now continue. And the game is on. On 1500 ESPN. You know, the fact that we can even sit here and have a discussion about your write that down prediction, Judd, that there are six, maybe even maybe even more than that, six guys that you wouldn't be shocked could be pro bowlers on this defense. If mm-hmm. if um Daniil Hunter decided to go on a sack spree in the second half of the year, you could see him you know, if he got to like twelve sacks, which like wouldn't shock me if he picked up what does he have now? Two? Yeah, it's not that many. If right he picked now, up like yeah. ten in the second half of the season, that wouldn't be shocking. Yep. So the fact that when you really take a step back and look at where this defense was when Mike Zimmer took over for Leslie Frazier and he had to build it 
with help from Rick Spielman through the draft and through free agency and scheme and coaching guys up. Yep. And almost everyone they've brought in has been an absolute home run, except for maybe Trey Waynes, who's been serviceable. But Xavier Rhodes, absolute home run, one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. Harry the Hitman, maybe the best safety in the NFL. Even Eric Kendricks is one of the better tackling linebackers in the league. And right? Wayne, and Waynes has been very solid. Bar, yeah. Wayne, I mean, Waynes Waynes gets uh, picked on because Rhodes is so good. But if Waynes was a weak link, it would be a big problem. Yeah, he's living. Mike Zimmer's living up to his his moniker of that defense whisperer that he had in Dallas, that he had in in Cincinnati. Especially, Absolutely. especially when you consider that uh, when he got here, Harrison Smith was here. Rhodes was here. Griffin was here as a fourth round pick in what 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Rhodes, the Rhodes, his development to me is is the biggest um, uh, pat on the back that Zimmer should get because when you look at what Rhodes, Rhodes came here as a first round pick. It was a good pick, and he looked like he was probably a solid player. I'd say solid. And from the 2014 training camp, when Zimmer literally was in his back pocket every single day, and you watched that and said, that's interesting. And he has taken, he took Rhodes from being what I think was going to be a very, very solid player into being a star player. And if that was Leslie or that was an ordinary uh, um, defensive coach, I think Rhodes is solid. I think he's good. But he's taken this guy, and to his credit, he saw something from day one. And Rhodes is now a guy who you just don't throw at. Mm-hmm. And that luxury, I, I don't know if we appreciate that. The luxury of having a cornerback who's so good, the teams don't throw. I mean, you basically go into games eliminating a, a receiver and at times the best receiver on the opposing team for a large chunk of that game because you don't throw at him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's any perfect NFL coaches other than Bill Belichick. Like Bill Belichick quarterback, offense, defense. I mean, pretty much end-of-game management, timeout management. He's about as close to a perfect NFL coach as you can get. So assuming that it's going to be almost impossible to find a perfect NFL coach, I'm fully willing to live with Mike Zimmer's imperfections because he's so good defensively as a coach. You know, there's things that drive you nuts a little bit, that sometimes he screws up timeouts or... You know, he had to fire or had a falling out with an offensive coordinator. And, you know, there's certainly little things here and there that you can nitpick about Mike Zimmer. In-game, uh, he he might have lost the locker room for five minutes last year. Yeah. But because he's such a great defensive coach and whisperer and communicator and developer of young players, you can kind of live with all the other stuff. If there, there, Not that there's a lot of other stuff, but you can live with it and hope that he hones those other areas or hires the right people to maybe uh, improve in those areas. I think the important thing is this. The question coming out of last year to me was, what did you learn? What did you learn from the fact that that after you won five games and lost one, you completely overreacted? I mean, the whole offensive line thing, the the meltdown in in Philadelphia when you're 5-1, and I get it privately. If you want to go in and, and tell the line, and he would have been justified, you guys are awful. But to melt down publicly made no sense. And the thing that I was most curious about going into this year is what did this team learn? And to their credit, it looks like a lot. It looks like the head coach to me has come back and has been at least publicly much calmer. I mean, he still gets mad, but there's a difference between getting mad and getting unjustifiably angry publicly, which makes no sense. And between that and 
Keenum's play this year, to me, was also a question of what did you learn from last year going into that season with no backup quarterback? I mean, you went, you had to trade for Bradford, and ultimately I would make that trade again, but you were forced to make that trade because you had no backup plan. Now you do. So I think where we could have come down on them is if mistakes had been repeated this year, and so far they've done a very good job of showing us that they took 2016 and grew from it. Yeah. You know the the Giants are a great, you know, like the if if you if you could go back and kind of look at the two choices that you would have in life as an NFL front office guy, Rick Spielman. Okay, choose your own adventure. You can either believe in how terrible your offensive line was and just revamp it and just okay abort mission on this. Alex Boone, like no T.J. Clemmings. I know I drafted him, but abort mission, abort, abort, abort. Mm-hmm. Or you can be stubborn and say, no, I signed Alex Boone. I drafted T.J. Clemmings. He's an athletic freak, and we just need to mold him. And and damn it, we're gonna we're gonna roll some of these guys back out, or all of these guys back out. Well, that's what the Giants did. The Giants oh, had an equally bad offensive line in some ways to the Vikings last year, and it makes no sense. And they brought back the same five guys, and look at them. Coach is gonna be gone. They're probably gonna have to draft another future, you know, like a Sam the Darnold to play quarterback. Too. So so because they stuck, they they chose a different path than the Vikings did. Mm-hmm. Because they chose the, let's just try and coach up and, and ride these offensive linemen again. And they were stubborn. A coach is going to lose his job. A borderline Hall of Fame quarterback is going to be on the outs. And they're just going to have a completely new era of Giants football. So, like, the little choices you make here sure. and there and the ability to to, to call but, the wrong decision or call a bad draft pick a bad draft pick on the spot and don't compound the problem, But credit to the Vikings. Isn't that what frustrates you the most about sports teams? When they don't learn, there are some people that don't learn. There are some people that are convinced, and, and they might have success, but they're convinced that one, they don't have to adapt, which is false, or two, I just know better. I my way is going to to work. Ultimately, this is going to work, and you say no, it's not. And it was inexcusable in many ways for the Vikings to go into last year with Sean Hill as your primary backup. And I know that that Heineke came and hurt, but he was not going to be your quarterback. So you looked at that and said, okay, that really did not make sense. This year you go, you sign a guy to a one-year contract, and I'm not saying the case is great, but he can play for you. He can play for you, and with that defense, you can still win regular season games. Yep. Mackie and Judd, uh, Vikings vent line right after the game is over on Sunday, right here on this station. Also streaming on 1500ESPN.com and streaming uh, in video form on Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. Dave Harrigan has some stuff we should know about when we come back. What yeah. do you have for us? We've got a little more to react to from controversy in last night's football game. Also, the interesting plan NBC says it will use for the game next Thursday. Hmm. You think you like football? Well, John Gruden doesn't just really like football. He f- loves football. What a throw by Matt Stafford. I call that the turkey hole. Don't ask me why, but Brad Johnson taught me that a long time ago when I was coaching Tampa. He says, hey, coach, I think I can fit it between a corner and a safety. Look at that, the turkey. Why? You don't know. You call the turkey hole, but you don't know why. But let me show you what the turkey hole is. It's the turkey hole. It's the area when the corner rolls up, there's a hole between the safety and the corner. It's not an easy throw. you got to be able to rifle it in there, Sean. And I had a quarterback here in Green Bay who was able to do that at a high level. And now I'm watching, that's right, I'm watching one here, Matt Stafford, who makes a living putting the ball right there in the turkey hole. Football! Football, yeah! Yeah! Football! 
Judd now continue. I think all the pieces are there. On 1500 ESPN. And Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by LinkedIn. Hiring? Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates for a $50 credit toward your first post. Visit LinkedIn.com slash traffic. Terms and conditions apply. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. It's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. What type of Friday stuff do you have for us, David? I want to start this with a little quiz. If you're on the same page as ESPN.com's Dan Graziano, who has a new piece up on the website right now, predicting the starting quarterback for every NFL team in the year 2020. Hmm. I love this stuff. Yeah, It's unbelievable. It really is. He has them separated into categories. The teams with no plan, the teams with a plan, and the teams with a good plan. So, for instance, no plan are like the Browns. They're going to draft Jake Fromm, and he's going to be their guy. He says Sam Bradford is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills in 2020. Your teams with a plan are like Andy Dalton because the Bengals are stuck with him. And then, good plan, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be a Packer. Sure, he okay. He says in 2020. So, my question are, uh, well, actually, we'll say the question is twofold. Which category do the Vikings fall into, and who is the quarterback in 2020? I don't, right now, I think it would be no plan, because they don't have anyone under contract, and they don't know what Teddy Bridgewater is. So, now, they're not going to be, in, it's not like they have no plan, they're inept. Like some organizations. They're not the Browns. No. Um, but to say that they have a plan for who their quarterback's going to be in 2020 right now, I think would be incorrect, right? That's probably right. Like, yeah. if you ask them, who's your quarterback in 2020 and how sure are you? They'd say, well, we, Teddy? We hope it's Teddy. Yeah. Slaughter? <laughs> Graziano says, and perhaps we're a little bit too close. Maybe he's a little bit too far away. He says the Vikings are among the group with a good plan and that Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback. He will play well enough to get the Vikings to the NFC title game, which they will lose to the Eagles this year. They sign him to be the quarterback of the future. Well, if if that happens, if they do, actually, Dave is predicting that exact scenario, I believe, the Vikings playing the Eagles in the NFC championship game. Mm -hmm. Uh, If that happens and Bridgewater is the guy that is captaining, then 100% long-term contract, right? With maybe some, there's got to be some team protection there. It's not going to be like fifty million in full guarantees or anything like that, but you guys all saw the uh, the Russell Wilson running around for fifteen seconds in the backfield pass to Doug Baldwin last night. Wilson's got space, got nobody downfield though. Making it up, cue the circus music. Wilson throwing for Baldwin. Oh my goodness, he caught it! And there goes Baldwin down the sideline. Vintage Seahawks play. Baldwin out of bounds inside the five. It was vintage Seahawk. It was incredible. It was incredibly lucky on many levels, but it worked. Now let's talk about the controversy that happened before that play. Russell Wilson taking the helmet to the chin. Did you see that highlight? Yes. You know, I didn't see that, no. He took the crown of a helmet to his chin, not to the face mask. It got him on the chin, and he stayed down a little bit, and 
Referee made him go to the sidelines. This was Wilson after the game. Well, I got smacked in the jaw pretty good there. Um, and uh, so I, I wasn't concussed or anything like that. I felt completely clear. I was just trying to move my jaw. I was like, oh, man, stuck. You know, and uh, I, I think I was kind of like laying down on the ground for a second just trying to get my jaw. I think Walt thought maybe I was, you know, uh, maybe, maybe that I was injured or something like that. And so uh, I told him I was good. I was good. And he said, hey, you got to come off the field. You know, I think, he, I think Walt did a great job, first of all. I mean, he made the smartest decision. I was fine, though. 100% fine. Wilson did have to leave the field for a play in which he went to the little pop-up injury tent. I love the injury tents. For less than a second. Yeah. Literally walked in, so the procedure sat is, down, the protocol and walked is, right back out. Yep, so you I'm have fine. to go in and come back. Yeah. So we are supposed to go through the tests and answer yeah. the questions. Well, he, got, and... he, he was sent off by the official, correct? correct yes. So the, the official has that right. But I don't think there's a mandate on how much time you then have to miss. And so he basically went there. They raised the tent up, which I absolutely love. The tent covered him for one second, and then he just comes back in. What's the percent chance that you get smoked by an NFL defender, crown of the helmet to the chin, and go down to the ground, and you're like at least momentarily dazed? Percent chance you don't have some sort of lasting effect there. A concussion or even a mild concussion. Probably, like You don't just get up and yeah. you're fine from that, right? Probably very small. Yes. Yeah. But, but this league, you can't you can't get all upset about this, and then as we talked about, also have them playing four days after they just played. Yeah, I mean the hypocrisy is off the charts. Well, speaking of the Thursday night football and the fact that every year we get the Seattle Seahawks complaining more than any, ever any team, every team complains a little bit. But there was Doug Baldwin last night saying he hurt his groin pregame because he wasn't ready physically to play, blah, blah, blah. And then Matt Culkins, who writes for the Seattle Times, tweeted this out. I told Doug Baldwin that people have made the argument that the week and a half players get after Thursday nights offsets the injury concerns. His response, quote, tell them F you. <laughs> Good for wait, him. What, wait, wait. What's that logic again? So the logic you get extra is, time to recover from yeah. what? You get the short you have the short week, which is unfortunate, but then you get the ten day week, so it's like kind of getting another buy. Yeah, you get sort of yeah. So if I punch you in the face when you're not ready and then I get more time like, to recover. You get time to recover from yeah. it. But I just I'm, punched you in the face when you weren't ready. Right. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's a great response. Bleep you is right. Yeah. Who's looking forward to next week's Thursday night game, huh? This is a. I actually love this idea, but I of course won't watch much of the game. Why? Because I never do. Because there's probably a Steelers, hockey game. Steelers Titans, on. baby, let's the, go. The Penguins are probably playing Toronto. I'd rather watch that. NBC's going Skycam. The primary view will be the Skycam. The, the Madden view, yes, as we can call it. I guess. No, so no, I the, the, the behind the quarterback. Above. The yeah. yeah, that well the all twenty two cam. That's I mean it's the not, all twenty two cam is the one high up though. No, I we're splitting hairs here. Okay. I know, but we we get the we get the behind the quarterback view of basically all twenty two players as the play is happening. Well, yeah, but us us filmies, we know yeah, that's not all, the same. All 20, Are you really arguing this All twenty two right means I can see the whole. The camera field is behind the quarterback. No, it's not the all twenty two. Oh. Never call that the all twenty two. Yeah, again. it's really not because <laughs> yeah, if you got a receiver wide <laughs> yeah. out, you can't yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm you can't see it. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, the all twenty two <laughs> would be on the sideline too, Dave. Who are we working with? I don't know. I, I mean, I'll that's go, fine I'll if stick, you don't understand. I'll stick to baseball yeah. and wrestling. Yeah. Some of us know film review, some don't, and yeah. some are Phil Mackey. Let's break down who don't even have a chance. Yeah. Jeez. I, I mean, Simon what are we really doing? Sideways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's only like 20 guys on the screen. He's going to argue, argue and he just called it the L22. I mean, I've worked the L106. I mean... <laughs>
That's so good, too. That's like the Goodyear blimp view. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Your work on that is so good. Thank you, Judd. I really appreciate it. You finally taking notice. Uh, who's excited for ESPN to lay off a hundred more people? Yeah, this is That's the word from Richard Deitch. Sometime after Thanksgiving, multiple sources mm-hmm. telling Richard Deitch and Sports Illustrated that the layoffs will be heavy, about 100 more specifically targeting the Sports Center brand on air and behind the scenes. Is this it for my guy Butchie then? Is Butchie going to get it? Well, he was supposed to be gone last time around, and then there was like a last-minute kick save and a butte there. I know. Ooh, good hockey reference. Like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm sure he'll land on his skates uh, over to NHL Network, though. I love that network. Or even up in, uh, like, Hockey Night in Canada. Which he's going to be fine. Let's do this one finally. TMZ reporting. So you know it's true. O.J. Simpson. Oh, yes. Kicked out of the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas late Wednesday night. Drunk and disorderly at the hotel's click bar. He apparently has been a fixture at the hotel and its bars ever since leaving prison. He's going back to prison at some point, right? Well, that would, oh, that would yeah. Judd would cash in. Judd, I think, They'll is on the that. write that down record saying that he will violate his parole and then yeah. go back to jail at some point. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't rem- I remember that one. Good prediction. I almost predicted that today. Yeah, it's it's a given. And there's some people that just can't function outside of prison. And it's possible that he's what he's been in for 10 years, 8 years, 10 years. Uh, it's possible yeah. he's gotten to that point where he just, whether he knows it or not, he's just... He's got to go play some cards with the boys in the in the clinker. Go trade cigarettes. Oh. I can't really feel bad true. for the guy. The guy can't catch a break. Is that a, a break, double, you know? triple for me when that does happen? Uh, that OJ is going to go back to jail. That's a single. That he violates his parole. <laughs> that's pretty good. That, I think it's a, that I think OJ it's a Simpson might do something mm, yeah. to go back to jail as a, a single. I think I, sh- I should get at least a double. For if that. you had said straight and narrow, that would have been I a should have like a four hundred fifty foot massive. Bob. I should have predicted how. That, that's my mistake. I mean, at the core of it, you predicted that a man who almost certainly committed double homicide and then gathered a yes. collection of thugs, broke into a hotel room, armed and dangerous. Yes. Your prediction is that he might wind but, up back in jail. But that's, he could run afoul of the law. As, <laughs> as good as the 30 for 30 on Flair was, the series on OJ is still their best work. The 30 for 30 five-part series on OJ is the best thing they've done. Yeah. And that was different because usually they're not multiple-part series. Correct. It's usually, you know, it's just like a 90-minute episode. That was so good. Very different in vibe. You know, Ric Flair was all about the fun and the drinking and the booze and storytelling and a little bit of tragedy in there. And, yeah, the OJ thing was mostly just dark mm-hmm. and, and dim. Uh, we have, in about 15 minutes at the top of the hour, another one of our favorite segments, Todd Furman. From the Bet the Board podcast, longtime friend of the show, helps us through our weekly NFL picks against the spread, including Vikings in Washington. So we'll do that. It's a game show Friday. We have Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. She covers the Vikings. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's weird, it smells, and it's embarrassing. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Do you want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? Who doesn't? Well, you join Mackie at the Corner Bar in Minneapolis tomorrow from 11 to 1 for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Enjoy an ice-cold one, and you can register to win that brand-new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Zucker in shorthanded. Zucker scores! Niederreiter grabs the loose puck. Fires his score! 
Zucker may have tipped it out front. Sends it across for Zucker. Zucker has a chance at a hat trick. He got it. The empty netter seals it. Well, he's got the speed and he's going to the front of the net. And when you go to the front of the net, usually good things happen because that's where the pucks end up. And uh, he's got in, bought into that. And, you know, I think he scored the last five goals we've scored. So good for him. That is true. Jason Zucker up to eight goals on the season for the, the Minnesota Wild. Stopped the bleeding last night. Yeah, so the Wild wins last night. They uh, conclude their road trip on Saturday at Philadelphia. They have recalled, I'm looking at wild news on my Twitter feed here, they recalled Alex Stalock again, or brought him back uh, since he was gone to be with, with his wife. Missed a couple of games while she gave birth. They had the kid. It's fantastic. Kid's healthy. That's great. He's back with the team. I got a more important question for you. <laughs> okay. All right. So on my Twitter feed here, I've got a hashtag MNWild feed of things that come in. So I can see when guys get called up or I can see when guys come back to the team. Or you can see when, get when random fans tweet anything with the hashtag yeah. MNY. Okay, so this this Seems leads like an inefficient way. But. Okay, this leads to my this leads to my very question for both of you guys. In the hashtag MN Wild world this morning, there is a young lady who goes by the name of Clara Turner on Twitter, who's decided to jump into the hashtag MN Wild feed. Unfortunately, what she's doing is posting pictures of herself in lingerie. Or fortunately. Depends like, on if you're at work like or not. Like red and, and green lingerie? Uh, let me see here. Let me let me get that. Yeah. Um, Do you think she's using the MN Wild hashtag as like Minnesota Wild, <laughs> like Wet and Wild? Or? Uh, it looks like it, yes. Yeah, uh, it looks like... Well, actually, you should try searching just the hashtag wild and see what happens. It's not like Nordy hanging out in the background, no. is he? <laughs> no, no. It's a, it's a, she's got on a pink bra here and it looks like some blue panties. Uh, okay. it's. I'm so disturbed by judges saying that last sentence. <laughs> It's not my ah, fault. She's got a pink bra and some, uh, blue, blue some panties. panties. Yep. So, here, so here's my question. Can I get in trouble at work because I am trying to do my job and be as efficient as possible? And as you just said, this probably is not the best way now in retrospect. But I I went with the hashtag MN Wild feed. Okay, Rick Patino. Oh, as I a, do nothing. As a sincere, oh, I do nothing. And this was a sincere attempt to do my job and follow people that were tweeting about the Wild. And Clara Turner clearly is not interested in breaking any news about the well, wild. you are the let me let me bring a bad analogy into the mix here. You are the athletic director or let's say head coach okay. of your Twitter program. Okay, the things that happen in and around your Twitter program all fall back on you. Okay, so if one of our managers, if Brad Lane down the hallway catches wind of, and by the way, when you retweet things, which easily could happen mistakenly or not, maybe you get a couple couple uh, light beers in you tonight, and you start to retweet things in your wild feed, and oops, you retweet young Clara, and that winds up on the homepage of 1500ESPN.com. Are you going to play the Rick Patino card? I don't think so. Let me give you a more efficient way here, because uh, I know that, like, you're in on technology, but you're sort of like, yeah, yeah it's I weird wouldn't... because you have an iPhone, and, you have, and you're on your computer all day, and you use Twitter and social media and Facebook and stuff, but... I wouldn't say I'm savvy with it whatsoever. Which how is dangerous. Which is dangerous. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like this is how people start to to retweet fake Adam Schefter accounts too. Sure, where I can uh, see that. Where you have a feed set up that just grabs all the things hashtag MN Wild. There yes. could be a fake. There could be a fake Mike Russo account that just uses the hashtag MN Wild, and thus you would be duped. So I would mm -hmm. just get rid of that because you don't need Joe Blow in Section Two Forty. You know, 
No offense to Joe Blow, Section 240. He's a listener. I love Joe Blow. Why do you need that content in your feed every day? Because I want to know what Joe thinks. Here's the other thing I figured out about Judd. So, Dave, remember when Judd was complaining, and you you were on his side with this, the 280-character limit on Twitter now? Yeah. They doubled it from 140 to 280. Don't like it. And uh, and Judd's saying, like, it's just too much. People are just too aggressive, and now they're using too many characters, and I can't catch up with everything. You follow on Twitter... 6,784 people. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh, I follow a ton of people. Yeah. Judd follows 6,784 people. And so his feed of content is moving like 150 miles an hour. It's just. Yeah. Because I so like. Of the, course, you can't read 280 characters fast enough when you have 6,784 people you're following. But I was what, fine what at 140. What need do you have to follow that many people? I was fine at 140. That's that's my point, is I enjoyed it. Now I'm going to have to start cutting back because it's too much. How many do you follow, Phil? I try to keep it around 1,200 max. Like It's around 1,200. 1,200? Yeah. Dave follows about four people. 66. Mm. And I'm thinking of cutting down. <laughs> You're going to cut both of us? Well, there's a few people I've <laughs> muted out of that 66, and there's about, oh gosh, off the top of my head, I could think five to 10. I could cut like, right I, now. Like Judd fact, went I'm going to start doing that. Judd, yeah. you went on a recent spree of following police beat reporters on Twitter. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Why? Because I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy my fellow man. I want to see what you he or she it. has to offer. Judd followed last week Ryan Howard. Yeah. Washed up Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard. Why do yeah. you need to know what Ryan Howard thinks? I actually followed Ryan Howard after Halliday died in that plane crash, and I think I followed a bunch of baseball players that day. Roy so, Oswald. Ro- Judd Roy followed Oswald, Roy Oswald. Yeah, because yeah, Roy was sad that his buddy died, and I and he tweeted about it, and so I followed him. But like six thousand seven hundred people. Of yes. course, you can't keep up with the with no, the tweets. But, that's they're just flowing in. No, but that doesn't that's, speed. But my point is, I never, I don't need to see tweets that basically are a paragraph long. I, I like the shorter tweets. If I followed a bunch of people or I followed five people, I'd still want shorter tweets. The whole charm of Twitter to me was the hundred forty characters. But I don't like it when oh. I've got a hashtag MN Wild and Clara Turner jumps in there and is half naked. I don't need that. Oh, I think you like it more than you're letting it. I don't need to. I don't know. You it's wish in the your wrong, entire MN Wild feed was it's in the wrong context. It's MN Wild. I want to know what's going on with that, like Staylock and Goal. I just you, cut three people I'm following. Why? Who would you cut? Don't worry about it. Well, let's hear it. Judd's going to wind up like. I'm going to get in trouble. Who for was this. it? Was it Kurt Rambis? When you oh, get the porn. Ob- oblivious guys who who will follow like three porn, st- I, porn stars and like a bunch of stuff and they don't realize <laughs> that like uh, Ted easy, Cruz this easily could happen Ted Cruz started yeah, liking totally porn accounts and didn't realize that oh this is all public and, and you know what we're all old guys who are sort of doofuses and clueless <laughs> NFL picked with Furman next.